Now, don't tell anyone this, I say on my podcast, <laughs> but, uh, Justin, I'm trying to think of how to word this that's not going to, like, set off every nerd in a five-mile radius. I, I've been giving some real thought to... Just going to check the room real quick, make sure I'm alone. Actually investing in a gaming computer. Now, hold on. Now, no, see your face, your face. You just look like you got bit by a zombie and I'm... I'm <laughs> some fresh brains i i just think that it might be beneficial to me to have one i i think it might be beneficial to have a computer of any sort that can play a game such <laughs> as three out of ten you know which i yeah. wouldn't say is the most graphically demanding of them out there but no in fact it was quite um that game seems like it could run on my phone but for whatever <laughs> can't run on my computer <laughs> but yeah i've been i've been thinking about it and the, here's the pro Justin, can I talk about the problems of, of the gaming computers? Sure. Is like, I, you built a computer, yes? Yes. Before you did that, how much did you know about computers? Uh, I knew enough that when I went to Best Buy, I generally knew more than the people there. But okay. that's really not saying much. <laughs> but here's what's saying here. Here's what's saying about me, Justin, is I know less than them. Mm. Oh, so, yeah, like, yeah. so part of me is like, I should just go buy whatever pre pre-made kit and i've said that to computer people and i swear i thought they were gonna explode like <laughs> like the suggestion of like yeah i'm just gonna get whatever sort of pre-made you know pc they have it's like no, 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 no. you gotta build it uh because apparently you can build them for cheaper and better than they offer there which makes sense but i'm also kind of like i don't know anything about computers so building one seems like a lot of like a mental investment. Does it make sense? Yeah, I, I think the the actual building of it, like putting the stuff together and do, screwing things in there, if you get a good enough like 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 case, it's actually not bad. Like as long as you okay. have enough room for like cable management and stuff like that. But I would highly recommend that one of those friends who scoff at you be like, "Build me a PC," yeah. and like have them pick the parts out for you. And That's then true. and then it just takes that kind of like that work out of it and then it's just you looking on deal websites for the best deal for everything mm. and it's really not that hard um but the the cost the cost of a pc for me was once you start you buy the pieces it's like all right nine hundred dollars best pc ever then it's like well shoot then i gotta get a good monitor okay mm. that's a 300 dollars investment oh i want a dual monitors okay well that's another 300 dollars mm -hmm. uh mm -hmm. i want a good keyboard that goes clackety clack uh well yeah. okay that's a, at least a hundred dollars and then it's always like you're making unless you have unlimited funds you're always like making sacrifices so then right. you start to go like this crazy route when it's like damn like I, i'm sitting here wishing i've got a better processor and a better graphics card already even though my graphics card is like better than it should be it was a 600 dollars graphics card like i thought yeah. that would have been enough no <laughs> you see and that's and that's like i have a laundry list justin of of like i don't want to i wouldn't get a computer because of this 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 one of those things one of those reasons is like uh, i feel like you're always going to have to be upgrading it and yeah with like consoles you know every five years or so you're getting a new one but that's a one-time payment sort of until you need to get that next step up. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. The reason I would get this is, like, pretty much entirely work reasons because, you know, just about every other game I want to play, I'm playing on a console and it works just fine. Um, but, you know, for some work stuff, I might need that. Or also, like, my computer doesn't, like, 
edit video super good, which mm. is a big part it's of kinda, my kinda job. Like big. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will export a five minute video and like leave for literally an hour and a half and I get back and it's still at like 90% exported. Um, but the, the also like the struggle is like, well, I would want this for work, but I'm also like, but it's going to cost X amount of money to build a computer to do work for work. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm spending yeah. money not for fun, but for work. Um, I think, but it, like, yeah. if I'm going to sell it to you, like, you can open up, like, a kind of possibility for you to start, you know, streaming and start doing other stuff that you probably wouldn't have been able to do the same way uh, mm-hmm. on your current setup. Uh, but the, the kind of thing that I'm going to warn you about is... Uh, when I was full into 100% online teaching from home, uh, the last thing I wanted to do after work was sit at my computer and play video right. games. Right. You know, like I, I had this big beefy machine that I was just not using in December. And uh, I think it's healthy to have a console in a different location and you're not always doing the same thing. Though I have run into another problem where right now I want to have a PlayStation 5 in this room so I can, <laughs> so I can like capture and do stuff on it. But also, I want to have a uh, PS5 in my living room. And I don't know if you've looked recently. You can't buy PS5. I was gonna say. Apparently. I assume they're still. So who knew? Yeah, and that that makes sense. I mean, like I experienced a similar thing with, um, like even my laptop. Not that I watch a lot of TV, but I, I've been watching a, more now because I'm, me and Elena are very into Attack on Titan. Um, which, by the way, Justin. You'd like it. Oh, I I'm watched the saying. first season. And what's more, probably shouldn't have, but uh, in my sophomore class, uh, that was one of the examples of an anime, like an adult anime that I used to uh, show like how anime is not just like Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah. Yeah. So I, ch- and, I showed the first episode, uh, mommy getting chomped and all. <laughs> to, to sophomores in high school? Yep, sophomores in high school. Yeah. I loved sure, it. They were like, well, they, here's the thing. They either thought it was cool, didn't like it, or were like... Damn, Mr. M's a nerd. Like, <laughs> <laughs> All of those are victories. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's Hitbox. Oh, I didn't finish that thought. <laughs> it's not Hitbox. It's not. It's not yet. But I- I've gone from, like, watching things on my computer to being like, nope, I'm just going to spend the extra 30 seconds and pull it up on my TV as opposed to just, like, you know, laying down or whatever. So, it's Hitbox. <laughs> We Justin, we got across the epi- the the thirty hump. We are in episode forty Ooh. of Hitbox. My name is Peter Hunspitek, and joining me as always is my wonderful friend Justin Mankovich. How are you doing, Justin? Pretty good. I think I think sometimes like I always dream about like retirement, and I and sure. I feel like I'm you know I'm in my thirties, so like that's like a, a a far away thing. But I think when I'm forty, I'll be so close yet so far. That I think yeah. it won't be as it'll be sadder. So this is like when you're just like going through your midlife crisis of a podcast, and we're gonna have to persevere, man. I, I think to be honest, getting over the 30s now that we're in the 40s is like oh, it's smooth sailing from here. Because then we get to 50s, 52. That's a year. Oh, that's, that'll be that's fun. That's where it's fun. You do whatever right, you want. Exactly. Exactly. At, th- at that point, we're retired. Yeah. Uh, and then we just get yeah, to no do no more crunches. No, no one to impress anymore. Like, no. what, what are you trying to? What are you trying to do with those crunches and pull-ups, man? Come on, stop all right, it. exactly. I got. Uh, come on, 
Come on, come on. But we're not here to talk about our workout proclivities or lack thereof. Right. LOL. Yeah, yep, I do crunches every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, yep, doing, currently. I'm doing plenty of pull-ups right now. Uh, we're here to talk about video games. So, Justin, I want to talk to you about what you're playing. I assume you're still with Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Is that correct? Yeah, so it, I, it's now to the point where... Uh, remember how last weekend I was talking about that second TV situation going on? I did yeah. the second TV! Oh, <laughs> so my girlfriend and I are just into the circle on netflix and if you don't know what the circle is dear listener it is the best reality tv show i've ever seen in my life it is a bunch of people who are living in this kind of ikea furnished like apartment and each one is in their own apartment and they only communicate with each other based on like a text app they're only like texting with each other and some people are catfish, so they pretend they're someone else. And then they have, like, influencers and challenges. Uh, one of the things was they had this, uh, this like, bro frat bro who was uh, pretending to be a girl. And mm. one of the challenges, they had to take a mannequin head and decorate it with makeup and a wig. And they caught him <laughs> because his makeup <laughs> application was so bad on the mannequin. Like, it was, it was embarrassingly bad. Um, so they they figured that that was a catfish, and you know, there you so go. So did he get did he get like sent home? Is that how? I, is I, it like I don't want to spoil the the fun of the circle. You gotta you gotta watch it yourself. And okay. they're doing the thing that I'm really in love with with uh, TV shows, and they're not just dumping it all at once. They're doing mm. a dump of like three to four episodes. So got it, got it. you get into it for a weekend, but then there's more. There's more, and you're waiting for it next week. You're just waiting, and you want you want to find out what's going to happen. That's on Good. Netflix, you said. Yeah, yeah. There's two seasons. Mm. We're on the second one. It's live right now. So, so you got the. So you're doing that while you're playing Assassin's Creed. Yeah, yeah. And I, I've just been just clearing the map, just doing the the basic things like that. It's gonna take forever. Like, are you, are you gonna do the the platinum? I'm 49 hours into it. I got to, but I don't think I'm gonna marathon the platinum. Like, you know, two hours a week is not yeah, that okay. much of an ask while I'm watching t- television or something like that because. It, it's mindless enough to just run around and do everything. But sometimes you like you, you pick off a scab and, it, and, there, and it's and it's like you, you th- thought it would oh. be a nice. Sim- <laughs> That's a bad metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> what is that in reference to? Like, well, okay, like so, a- okay, I'm gonna. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you start like doing a quest or like a like a, a thing that you think is gonna be a little investment, and all of a sudden you're like doing this big okay, boss okay, battle. Okay. Like Got I think it. It, I don't want to get too much more into that scab metaphor, but you get it if you have a scab before. Um, yeah, I get it. So like I was doing a. Th- thing where um i w- i just saw like uh, a point of interest and i went there and i'm like ooh, what's going on here and i see like this dead body flayed and it was like some like, oh. creepy stuff going on and then i look at it and a piece of blood falls down on the stone and then this woman comes at me and she's like i'm gonna kill you and you're like oh my god and then this like really hard boss battle came in and remember i've been playing the game on hard because like i'm a little over leveled right now yeah. and let me tell you this boss battle was not one i was ready to play on a hard difficulty because I was destroyed. Um, and then I was looking it up, and this is part of the quest to get Thor's hammer. Um, oh. And the the cool thing is I, I kind of like those quests that kind of balloon out to something that's bigger than just like a, oh, I lost my shape. Can you find my shape? Right, right. And it's like actually more of a, a side quest that had like some like searching and finding things. And uh, the place where you actually get one of uh, Thor's like helmet or something had like a statue with three uh, backstabs in the statue. And then hmm. there was notes that you had to basically read the notes and based on the notes, find the location of the people who stabbed the statue and then you got uh you went to hunt them you killed them you got the the 
dagger from them, and then you could unlock Thor's helmet. So it became this kind of cool little quest, and it was one of the first times I was playing that game, and I was like, all right, this is pretty cool, because I wasn't expecting it, and it was not one of the main quests, and it just kind of made, it was it was a good little moment, so I liked that a lot. Dang. Dang. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Um, anything else? Uh, I <laughs> played a lot of Near Replicant, probably too much, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. <laughs> yes, we will. Yes, we will. Uh, I have been... Um, as I said before, watching a lot of Attack on Titan, that is taking up a lot of time. I also I started uh, Cadence of High Rule, oh, uh, okay. to the Necro Dancer. I yeah. have that on the Switch, and I've had it for a while. And I, I know earlier in the year I was talking about how I was playing Hollow Knight, and I think I've sort of given up. Not given up, just like I got my fill, and now I'm good. I, I played that 20 hours, I think, at the beginning of the year, and and I liked it, but it's not the kind of game that I think I'm gonna complete. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, and there's I don't think there's any any shame in that. Like I enjoyed my time with it, but there's a certain point where it's just like the difficulty curve and like the 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 I, I got it. I got it. Yes, and it's weird cuz it's like it's the kind of game that I, I would still recommend it to people. Oh, absolutely. They were like into that sort of thing, but uh yeah, I think I'm done with that. So now I'm I'm I got Crypt of the Necrodancer at like the same time as I got Hollow Knight, so I'm playing that through. Um sort of ca- just very casually every, you know, few nights i spent an hour or two with it hey, it's fun it's cute i like the zelda music i'm a i'm a fan and then i also i too have been playing near replicant along with returnal but <laughs> i want to talk about those things a little bit later before we do do you see this about sony uh uh john sony Which, jim jim sony jim sony jim sony what did jim sony do jim sony in a in a move uh, sort of unprecedented Took a look at what Microsoft did two months ago with the Xbox Live price increase uh, with their sort of walk back of that and said, you know what? Let's walk back something too. <laughs> the PS3, PS Vita store is, uh, lives on and will continue to live for an undisclosed amount of time. <laughs> well, you say continue to limp along for as long as Sony deems it necessary, yes. I guess. <laughs> I, I think it's interesting because like, so, you know, they announced that they were closing it. And I'm curious how much money every year they were spending keeping it running. Uh, clearly some to to cause it to be taken down or whatever. But I, I'm curious about what the number of, like, actual active users on it are. And I think this month those numbers would be skewed, obviously, because there are going to be some people hopping on trying to buy things sort of last minute. But uh, I, I'm curious if they're like upset about having to track that back a little bit, do you know what I'm trying to say with that? I think they were kind of forced to, I think when, whenever you right. get a situation where they make a decision and then the outcry is so negative and like an unhealthy kind of, uh, of negative response yes. too, because I'm sure a lot of the people who were screaming the loudest were people who haven't touched their Vita or PlayStation three in a mm-hmm. long time, because I guarantee you Sony has those numbers. They know 100% not enough people were using it to, to make it worth it. And, uh, that cry outcry was loud enough that Sony had to, to, you know, basically make this decision to, keep them up which while the stores are up i'm pretty sure development is done still like you you think Uh, they're not making new games at this point to my understanding and this is based off of literally reading this somewhere at some point (laughs) so like accurate cool info peter uh there were a few studios that were that found out that their games were not going to be supported because they were going up on the vita store only i think Mm -hmm. um 
that they found out that they were not going to be supported through the like official statement. They weren't like let known. They weren't sort of keyed in on that beforehand. But uh, again, I don't have literally any of that information in front of me. So that could be apocryphal. And like, it's just, it's like one of those things where like you want to preserve this stuff and you, you want to make sure that people can use it, but people mm-hmm. aren't using it. But I think part of the reason people aren't using it is because it's not necessarily easy to use. <laughs> you know what I sure. mean? Like yeah. I, if, if it's accessible and easy, I think people might consider um, playing some of these games again, or would they? So I did a little bit of research. Oh, Justin, with that research. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, this is an older article from U.S. Gamer. Uh, uh, who wrote this? Uh, who wrote, this was by Matt Kim, news editor at U.S. Gamer. I don't even know if he's still working there, but this was back in <laughs> 2017. And uh, uh, he's reporting on how much uh, sh- uh, time is spent on an Xbox One. Granted, this is Xbox, not PlayStation, so take that with a grain of salt. On an Xbox One, 54.7% of the time is used playing Xbox One games. 16.5% Netflix, 6.7% the TV app, 6.6% YouTube, 14.1% other non-game apps. And if you've been doing math, that leaves 1.5% of the time is spent on playing Xbox 360 backwards compatible games. Hmm. So when you're thinking about like, People are loving Microsoft for doing this. Like, they are loving them. Like, like they are open. You can play whatever you want. It's great. Yeah. Yet only 1.5% of the overall time of people on an Xbox is going into 360 and backwards compatible games. Now, this is one study. Uh, this is, you know, four years old. But I do think that these numbers, when you're looking at it from a business perspective... That can't be worth it. <laughs> no. And, and I think we've talked about this, too, before. I, I think probably when PS5 information was sort of coming out, when, you know, Xbox said, yeah, everything's backwards compatible. You know, if you've got an original Xbox game, go ahead and throw that in the Series X. You're good. And then PlayStation was kind of like, yeah, you can only play PlayStation 5 games and, like, most ps4 games which is like yeah, like it's like uh, three asterisks after that you know correct like, correct <laughs> which like here's here's the thing on one hand i on one hand i understand the sentiment that we're talking about about like yeah no one's doing this but then on the other hand i also understand the feeling of okay well i bought all these games when you know in 2010 to I'm not going to try to figure out what dates things happen. I think 2008 <laughs> to 2012. It doesn't matter. What I'm trying to say is I understand that some people are upset to say like, yeah, I have these games. I would love to be able to just play them because knowing that I can would put me over the edge to potentially playing them uh, because thinking about having to, you know, OK, well, now I got to go find my PS3 plug it all in to play God of War three or whatever just doesn't it's not that appealing to some people for obvious reasons of just like it's work yeah (laughs) yeah, yeah. but at the end at the end of the day it's kind of like yeah but are you because i think a lot of people had opinions on this that like never would go back to play a game like that oh i had had an opinion about it and i don't think i 
own a PS3 game or a Vita, you know? And I, I think my, um, what, what Sony did with how they announced this and how quickly they came about it and how just kind of just not well handled this was, mm-hmm. they allowed themselves to get dunked on yeah. by Microsoft, not necessarily was the one out there like waving the flag, but like they opened the door for it and then other people just do that. Like, well, Microsoft does this and that's just such an unforced error. They, If they were really looking at those numbers, they could have been like, hey, one year from now, um, we're going to be rolling back uh, what we what we have offer on the PlayStation Store, the Vita Store, whatever. Like, we're just going to not offer those anymore. Um, that maybe not have been the greatest thing, but this like really sudden move to it of just like in three weeks this is gone. Like, whoa, shit! Yeah, in which, yeah, in like- which people not only uh, consumers seem to be uh, un- unaware of it, but it seemed like some developers were also unaware right. of it too. Like that th- that just does not seem to be a good message a good message of communication for that um but i think one thing that it does also bring to question is does sony have a plan for backwards compatibility i think no (laughs) based on i mean obviously based on this yeah but then also um i think jim ryan has sort of come out saying like no one wants to play old games which hey old games are old but jim ryan you're the CEO of a giant company. Maybe don't make those giant generalizations about things that people have uh, put a lot of money, time, and you know their life into. Uh, so yeah, I, I think it was some event that he was at where he saw what's the, what's the Sony racing game? Are they Forza or are they Gran Turismo? Gran Turismo. There was an event that he was at, and again, I have no information on that in front of me. Uh, but he was at some sort of event where they had all of the old ones as well as the new ones. It was some event for promoting the new one so people could play the new one. And then apparently he talked about how no one was playing the older ones because he was just like, well, it's the old one. Like it's the old version of it. Everyone wants to play the new one. And to some perspective, I do understand that. You know, we talk about like, and we have sort of addressed this last episode, old games are old, like for sure. Uh, but that said, it doesn't mean that I would ever want to not be able to access those things anymore. Do I want to play pff, all the games I'm coming up with aren't good examples because they all have like remakes or are readily available through Microsoft. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is like, do I want to play those original games? Uh, maybe not, but it would be cool to be able to just do it if I wanted yeah. to, if it ever came up. Yeah, and they always talk about video game preservation and like, you know, what is how are you going to play games 20 years down the road? Right. I I would love to sit down and play some of my N64 games. Yeah. I would love to do that. It's not easy to do that. No. And same thing with my Super Nintendo. I would love to do that. Like I was really I like um I wanted to play through a couple of my favorite childhood games with my girlfriend and be like, "I used to play this all the time." And she'd have been like, Ugh whatever you know like she wouldn't have been like that but like but like you know i wanted to like fawn over these things and like introduce her to those um but it's hard to do that and guess what was easier emulating yeah oh there you go and sure at a certain point though how can you feel bad for the company obviously the companies are like don't emulate our games don't do it right we're gonna we're gonna it's illegal and we, you're not supporting the developers, you're not supporting the publishers, you're not supporting anyone other than the people who are you're buying the emulator from or accessing the emulator through, whatever, right? Um, and that point is legit if <laughs> it were accessible at all in any way. 
you know, we talk about wanting to port over these, uh, a lot of the Wii and GameCube and Wii U catalog over to the Switch, which to me seems relatively simple as someone who has no understanding of how games and porting and everything like that works. Right, but, right, right. But to me, it's just like, we'll just do it. It, Put the time in to get those really popular titles over here so that people aren't emulating Super Smash Bros. Melee and so that you're not, like, destroying this community of of people who love that game. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I I almost wish Sony took the the Nintendo approach to things and they either made you buy the things, like, 50,000 times (laughs) or they have some kind of, like, you know, their virtual console set up in which you can still go back there and and, and purchase them and get them. Like, I don't think people are necessarily, even with this choice, upset about the the fact that the games aren't backwards compatible. It's the fact that they can't even buy the game anymore. They can't even go there and they can't even, like, there will be games that they will never see again. And you cannot get those. And, you know, uh, I don't laugh at you but like i don't like to buy physical media because it's mm-hmm. more convenient not to but who's going to have the last laugh 20 years from now when <laughs> yeah it's right me exactly it's me i um i just actually moved all of my i got new shelves by where like all my like gaming stuff is so i moved <laughs> like 50 discs downstairs nice. to, to on these shelves and i was like looking at it like wow i have a lot of video game shit (laughs) like this is gonna be a problem eventually but um yeah but yeah that's the whole thing it makes me feel sort of like well it's good that i'm buying this physical stuff but then also kind of like well at a certain point it's not going to mean anything because those patches won't be live right those those day one downloads that are like necessary to actually play the game aren't going to be there so at the Uh, end of the day sort of both people are getting the short end of that even with like certain like old computer games like i wanted to play uh one of the curse of monkey island games uh, mm-hmm. a couple months ago and i put it in my computer um of course i don't have a disk drive on my computer so i had to like find the hookup to you know yeah, make yeah, it yeah. super convenient for me and i put it in and it's like no nope, can't run this game I'm like what do you mean it's like hey we just can't and i'm like oh <laughs> it's well, like you need uh, a better graphics card man yeah. <laughs> no <laughs> i swear it's not it <laughs> Yeah, but I understand what you mean. I I do. And I think it's tricky because it's sort of like, well, no one thought we would get this far in terms of technology. And because of that, no one did any sort of planning with it. So it's sort of, I guess, on the companies who for their lack of planning. But I get I get why they might not be super jazzed about spending money to keep those things. Oh, yeah. And and, and I don't fault a business for trying to make financially re- responsible decisions for them as a company. Like they don't, yeah. like I'd rather uh, them cut that rather than them going in the red for their profit <laughs> margins. Exactly. Right? Like obviously I'd rather them spend that money on a new game or a new studio or something like that. But like, you got to remember that gamers are a fickle group. Scroll through gamers Twitter. Are we are group. a fickle group of people and you know, you can deliver things in a message that is not, just we're dropping it here you know better communication is always the answer if they're talking about numbers show us the darn numbers show us how many people are actually using this and if that doesn't spark more people using it then nothing will and then it's like if these numbers don't go up we can't like try that business model maybe they are somewhere i don't listen to investor meetings yeah i don't know but but I, i i think what you're saying makes a lot of sense as not someone who runs companies or knows anything about these sorts of things do what you 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 suggested earlier say hey this is going out in a year and if we don't get the numbers then it's going out yeah (laughs) but 
you know. Uh, so I, I think, yeah, I think it's tricky to come up with a solution because it's just a lack of planning. But you know who it's, you know who is not at fault. I'll say it. It's the gamers. What could they do? Lot, you uh, know? They could buy games at full price. If you remember that. <laughs> I was Justin. I was tr- like trying to allude to that, but I didn't know how to make the connection. So I appreciate you sort of alley ooping me. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Is that what <laughs> alley oop? That's a, yeah, yeah. That's a like I throw you the ball and you yeah. get in the basket. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I played a little bit of MLB The Show 21 this week. This oh, is true. Oh my goodness. Okay. I and? had to write. I had to write some guides. Uh, and so like wait, actually, wait, 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 wait. That's that was a sentence. You had to write some guides. Yeah. For about MLB like how to how to bunt or like how to steal bases or whatever okay how to add friends how to do crossplay, like that sort of stuff okay okay, Uh, like i i know baseball like i i get baseball i understand how baseball is played i don't really watch it that much anymore but like i i was raised on baseball as a kid went to a lot of games so i figured like yeah this will be fine and so i downloaded it on my xbox (laughs) thanks game pass and first of all it's so weird when like sony interactive entertainment shows up after hearing like from the xbox but whatever uh so, like, I started it up, and first of all, I was trying to write a guide, so I needed to get into a game, but I was also literally, Justin, I was on this menu where I was like, I don't know what buttons to push to start the game, because it asked me about my lineup of batters, and, like, I understand you want your first four batters to be, like, super solid, and you want number four to be, like, really, really good, so you can potentially get a grand slam right in the first inning, like, I understand that. But I was like, I looked at the list and I was like, yeah, it's good. Like, yeah, I shouldn't edit that at all. I don't know any of these players. So, like, I assume that the list you have here is fine. But I couldn't enter the game. I didn't know what to do. So I eventually just started clicking on random stuff and just moving people around, uh, making the batting order. Uh, I assume infinitely worse. Eventually, I figured it out and was able to start the did game. You have but to I was go, did you have to go to a guide to I did, start Justin, the game I did. so you could I, write a guide on the game? <laughs> here's, here's what's tricky, though, is, like, there was no guide about like how to start the like a match because like I assume everyone just knows how to do that. Right, <laughs> so I right. had to watch like a someone playing it. Um <laughs> where I was like, oh, okay, good, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, it was um I was literally laughing out loud alone, which is like a cool <laughs> look. Uh but I was like, how do I start the game? <laughs> so that's, See, and this is why you need yeah. to to have a better computer so you could have Twitch streamed that. So other people could have been laughing at you, though I don't believe that work endeavor you were doing would have been something you were streaming to begin with. No, but (laughs) it was like, it was so ridiculous that that like I went, because I was like, yeah, I know baseball. Like, I understand this and I work with a lot of people and by a lot, I mean exclusively people not from the United States. So they might not know as much about baseball as I do. Or so like being able to understand, like, what do they mean? Like how to turn off base running? Like, what does that even mean? Like, I know what that means. Uh, that was the guide that I had to write for that first one. <laughs> um, so I was like, oh, I'll handle this. And then I literally could not, I could not figure out the inputs I needed to push to begin the game. Like you describing that to me r- would remind me like if someone asked me to tell them how to cut someone's hair. Like I've experienced it. I know the tools involved with yes, cutting yes. hair. I've seen it happen dozens of times in my life. But if you asked me the steps and like how to do it, like I just don't know. I don't know if I could do that. Like how do you turn these and, on? And- to your point, it's like you get like I know what happens. Yeah. But if if I were to say like, all right, what's the first thing I do? Like, uh, hmm. Well, hmm. Uh, change the batting order. <laughs> 
So uh, better than the medium. MLB the show. Yeah. Uh. Hmm. Can I tell you? Yes. Here's why. So it was explaining how to play the game a little bit. Like it, it does like a very basic tutorial. Um, it expects you understand how baseball works, which makes sense. But it also sort of expects that you know how the game works, like that you're a fan of the series, which I've never played any of these games before. Uh, the most baseball I've ever played in a video game was Mario Baseball on the GameCube and then uh, Backyard Baseball on a computer when I was a child. And like, so you start as a pitcher at the beginning and you're pitching balls and the first person literally scored a home run on mm. me, <laughs> like mm. literally hit the ball out of the park. Um, mm. So that was fun. It was really exciting. So that was more exciting than the medium was to me. And it was scarier than the medium was. Cause I was like, no, don't get out of that. <laughs> so what, like, like, te- what team did you play as? Oh, don't make me say this out loud. <laughs> oh, I wasn't trying to test I, you. I swear I wasn't. No, no, I picked I picked the white the Chicago White Sox. There you go. Because that's that that's is, the right choice. That is the right choice. I didn't want to say it because I know how divided Chicago fans are about it, and um, apparently the Cubs is the right answer. But this just well, this year I, uh, the, the 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 those of you uh, who are Cubs fans, uh, it's like you can make fun of your team, but other people can't make fun of your team. Mm-hmm. Like they'll be the first person to criticize, but. Um, sure. The second you say the White Sox are better, it is war. Yeah, so I, I tried to keep that on the DL. Yeah. Uh, and I tried to exclude that from any of the screenshots I had to take for the guides that I was making. <laughs> I should have just picked the Cubs. Why did I just do that? I just live this fake life. But um, me as a child was like, I need to be the White Sox. Yeah, so, yeah. Justin, can I talk about Returnal a little bit? Sure, let's do it. Okay, so Returnal should be... But if you're listening to this the day it comes out on Hitbox Day or Thursdays, as most people, <gasps> I'm uh, gonna change all my calendars everywhere to Hitbox Day instead of yeah, Thursday. Yes, so it'll be at the at the top of the like calendar. It'll be you know S M T W H F S. And uh, Thursday is always a little bit confusing, right? There are two T's. A little bit confusing. Two T's, kind of. Yeah, Just you gotta have keep to keep it simple. T H yeah. Hitbox I like this. It's a new holiday. Yeah. So if you're listening on Hitbox Day. Uh, which is every Thursday. Returnal is out tomorrow, but reviews are out today. So I'm going to talk about it a little bit. It's a good game. I am enjoying my time with it immensely, which is weird because everything leading up to the game, I was like, I don't think that's my game. They're like, okay, so it's like, a, it's a, it's a very challenging bullet hell, Metroidvania-esque roguelike i'm like all of those don't really do me very good and then starting it up i it's actually it's actually pretty good and it takes all the elements that i don't like of those things and it kind of just pushes them to the side and just says um yeah you have to deal with some of that bullet hell stuff but it's it's less horrible than you might imagine and i also think that having recently played near automata i've gotten decent at dodging through those waves of of bullets Okay, so Housemark Games. Have you played Housemark Games before? No, but to my understanding, they make, up until this point, all like 2D animated games, right? Um, sort of. Like, so the the game that I am the the most familiar with is Rezogun, 
um, which yes. if you play Dreams, you've played a remake of Resogun at one point. <laughs> uh, but it's like a side-scrolling, but in a 3D space kind of arcadey game. Oh, oh, yes, I know that one. So yes, a I lot do. of Housemark games are more arcadey kind of games. Uh, they're mm-hmm. also known for, um, they did Alien Nation, I believe, and Dead Nation, which are top-down kind of like third per not third person, but they're top-down, almost like Diablo style. What's the name of that? Dungeon Crawlers? Yeah, kind of looks like a dungeon crawler, Um, but they are like very hard kind of like shooting games when you're trying to say like you like upgrade in the level, get different uh, weapons in the level in order to, um, you know, progress in it. The games are hard. Um, I remember Alienation. Uh, I had a lot of fun playing that with other humans, like a couch co-op game type of thing, because it was so Mm, hard, but like lobbing grenades and like yelling at your friend when uh when they threw a grenade at you and they killed you you know what i mean yeah. like that's, that's a fun game. <laughs> okay <laughs> justin are you good justin no I, no we've uncovered a core memory oh, but like those games are fun they're hard but uh i can i see the progression if you don't look at resogun because resogun's more of the arcadey thing but i can see a progression yeah. a little bit with that uh but but to be a total kind of like rogue like that's very kind of different yeah um I, knowing the very little that I know about Housemark, like, I sort of did go into it feeling like, I don't know about this one. Not that studios can't progress into making different games, obviously, but um, I think there's something to sort of, you know, sticking with what you know and and really refining and crafting what you're going for. Uh, but this is like, I the the first roguelike, roguelite, roguelike, I don't, I don't remember which is which off the top of my head. The first game in the rogue genre that I have enjoyed as of late was Hades. Um, but I didn't love the rogue like stuff about it. Like every time I died, it wasn't like fun. Like, oh, cool. Now I get to start at the beginning. It's like, <laughs> fuck. Yeah. Um, and that definitely carries through in uh, R- Returnal. I keep wanting, weirdly enough, I want to call it the medium. <laughs> because it's hmm. similar sort of like you have this woman protagonist who's like not your backstory is a little unclear that you're going to co- uncover sort of as you go through um third person perspective all that sort of stuff uh not fixed camera angles though but uh it, it definitely has that part of the rogue like stuff but instead of a completely randomized world every single time you restart uh it's sort of like you know what the rooms are and you understand the layout of each of the rooms, but the way that the rooms are organized is totally like random. So sometimes like you're going to be able to get through to the, the room that you're trying to get to very quickly and very easily. And then other times it's going to be like quite a hike to get there. Uh, It's good. It is fast and it's challenging and the difficulty curve. It like, it takes a second to get used to for sure because it, it is a little bit different. Uh, you know, I would could I would compare it to like how it feels to control uh, because, it, you know, control is not like a cover based sh- third person shooter. It's a use some powers, be aggressive third person shooter, like sprinting through different like environments. Very similar thing with uh, Returnal because you're more up in people's faces than um, than like waiting behind cover. Is that kind of track? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I, I think. You might remember when we when I first was talking about this game, I was actually quite interested in it because it reminded me of wait for it, Mass Effect Andromeda's combat. 
Uh, it's like a kind of third person-y, but also like your little agile, you're jumping around. Now, again, I don't know, I haven't played it, but like it, mm-hmm. it, it gave me those vibes. And I definitely see the control thing as well because um, I think some of the best part of control and also the more frustrating parts of control um, are the, the boss battles, the really hard boss battles. Um, yeah. And those boss battles, like, like just playing that game, it reminded me of almost like playing like a roguelite of sorts because, you know, you die and then you have to run back through the damn level again and you're swearing the whole time as you do it. Like, this is the time I'm going to do it. Um, and uh, then you get there and you finally beat it. And it's like you just you've, you've done everything you could have possibly wanted. So you're so happy and so relieved. Do you get that feeling in Returnal? Uh, the first boss fight. So basically there are like. Oh no. In each of the different like biomes. So the first one you start off in is like, and this isn't spoilers really because I'm not that far in the game, but the first biome you start off in is like what you see in all the trailers, the like space jungle sort of thing. And then you move on to like a desert and then there's more stuff after that. But at the end of each biome is like lock the doors, capital B boss fight. And those are, so frustrating. It, it, frustrating is the wrong word. It's a challenge, and every time I would die to them, it would feel like, gosh, I should, I just should have done this. Or like, I didn't avoid that attack properly. That's on me. The frustrating part is like, okay, well, now it's going to be another 15, 20 minutes until I get to try again. And who knows if I'm even going to get there with full health or have something sort of related to, it, like, decent health. Um, so, yes... comparing it to like mass effect andromeda i can't really speak to that because i didn't play it uh it is to my memory of like the mass effect series those are like third person cover-based shooters yeah andromeda is a little bit more agile you're like jumping and air dodging and stuff which is Mm -hmm. what what i what i saw with that but generally yeah it is a little bit more cover-based okay then then the air dodging and like dashing and stuff is absolutely what this is because when you are like sprinting you're booking it like you are very very fast uh and i appreciate too you have i've only encountered four different types of weapons um you have the pistol that you start off with every run and then you can find a shotgun a uh like an assault rifle and then a seems like a like an alien like it's also like an assault rifle it's sort of unclear i don't really (laughs) use that one very much i don't like it very much kind of i mean sort of it's it's I, I don't use it very much is what I'm trying to say. I don't like it particularly. It sucks. Yeah. But what I will say is that um, having just like, they, these are the guns is like, oh, cool. I don't have to <laughs> really spend a whole lot of time thinking about that. I prefer this gun, but I'll pick up the other guns because as you uh, progress and as you kill enemies, you have like a weapon um, proficiency level. And as you kill more enemies, the higher that level goes and the better guns you're going to find. So usually if it's like, well, I like, you know, I don't love the shotgun, but it's a higher level than the pistol I've got by two. I'm going to pick up the shotgun and give it a go. Additionally, there is this cool mechanic uh, called adrenaline. So every single time you kill an enemy in succession without getting hit, you fill up this adrenaline meter and every, it maxes out at like five. Um, But every time you level up that adrenaline meter, you get better. Like you get more powerful or you can sort of see enemies through walls so you can sort of predict where they're going to be and and that sort of stuff. So it's it's cool and, and it changes things up in a way that is feels pretty fresh to me. Uh, but I also can't really speak to a lot of other roguelikes or roguelites. 
Can can you talk to me about the gameplay loop kind of from starting to dying? What does that look like? How does that go? How long does it take? Um Okay, so basically you start every single time in a crashed spaceship. You're not really sure what's going on. And similar to things like Hades or I'm sure other roguelikes have done this, every time you die, you have the chance to learn a little bit more about what's going on. Uh there are there's this recreation of your house that it's been like shown in the trailers mm-hmm. that you return to um, a few times. And sometimes the door, the front door is locked and then other times it's unlocked and you go through it and you have this like sequence uh, in first person as opposed to third person um, trying to p- piece together why you're here and like what happened with you. Uh, and it looks basically exactly like the hallway from PT and so it's the scariest shit <laughs> just because like it's not like a horror game, but, you know, it's like alien sci-fi horror kind of. So it wouldn't be that out of the question for something to just come sprinting around the hallway, like around the corner at, at you. But so um, you start up and then there is sometimes like a story thing, a story beat that you'll come across and sometimes not. Uh, and then from there, you basically just go into these rooms that the more you play, the more you sort of start to memorize the layouts of, but you usually are entering in different places and enemy placement is a little bit different. So you're fighting enemies, you're picking up health and power-ups. Um, basically some items are like deformed or I think like called malignant or something like that, where if you pick them up, you have a chance to get a debuff uh, and it ranks from being like, okay, there's a very low chance probability of you getting this debuff or there's a very high chance of getting it. And you sort of have to play that risk reward of like, okay, well how badly do I want this power up versus like, am I going to be okay to get without it? Because the debuffs are anywhere from being like, oh, well I never used those sorts of items. So I'm good to just have that to, oh, every time I pick up an item, I get hurt. <laughs> Uh, and Great. you can't really you you heal by finding healing items. There's no, ah. it's not like a very you don't have like Estus flasks or, or any sort of other healing items uh, on hand really. So it's it's a little um, risk reward. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then so you're just trying to get through each biome and and figure out why um, where the signal is that you are looking for to get off the planet. I'm a bad gamer. I die okay. a lot, and this is yeah. not even like you know rogue like games where you're supposed to die. Uh, do you have to do every biome? <laughs> so today, I took care of the first boss. Whew. And by the way, you don't have to redo the bosses once you've, once you've done oh, them. Okay, that okay, was, good, that good, was good. my biggest fear that I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so you don't have to redo the bosses, but you have to find the door to the next biome. Mm. So I got to this. I am currently in the second biome. I got to the boss. And I had, they had about a third of their health left, and then I died. And I was like, well, surely, surely they're not going to send me all the way back. There were, like, definitely, like, rest areas sort of between <laughs> these sorts of areas. Nope. So I woke up in the middle of the jungle, and that's where I stopped. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm actually good for right now. But. Oh, that, that's rough. Um, how, long, how long did that, did that run take you where you died? <sighs> Probably 30 minutes. So the whole game could theoretically take an hour at least to get through a run. <laughs> yeah. So oh. and that's the thing. Like I don't know um, exactly how much is going to be in it. I don't know exactly if okay maybe after the second boss you get a checkpoint or something like that. 
if I'm being honest, I'm willing to bet that there isn't. Mm. Because the game starts with this text. Fuck you. <laughs> Is that what it says? <laughs> uh, it says it says this. Returnal is intended to be a challenging experience. Adapt and persevere to progress farther. And basically, every single time your character, um, su- oh gosh, Selva, Sil- Sylvia, Sil- nope, Sir- Selma. Every time your character, who has a, the, her name starts with an S, uh, dies and and wakes up again, she basically says like, "I just have to keep trying" or something like that. So it is it is sort of like. It doesn't spit in your face when you die. It's not like, ha ha loser. It's, it's got a more, a message of like perseverance as opposed to like get fucked. Okay. From dark souls. But, um, it's definitely not Celeste. Does that in, sort of make which, sense? In which they're like, Hey, it's okay. You got this. We got like, you. it's You got this turn easy mode on whatever, whatever makes you feel good. Um, whereas this game is like, it's going to be hard. I've probably died about 20 times in my six to seven hours of playing. Okay, so um, I I'm having this debate with myself. Mm-hmm. I I'm, I'm I make a, enough money that I can buy a video game a week if I really wanted to. Okay, but two a week is a lot. Two a week is a lot. It's a lot for me. It is a lot. Um, Pokemon Snap comes out on Friday too. Yeah. Do I go to Returnal or Pokemon Snap? Okay, so. I guess my question is, are you planning on playing them both, or is this like a one or the other? I, I might I might play them both at some point, uh, but I can't, in one week, I can't buy them both. Justify, you know I mean? right. <laughs> I do. Because you'll probably get done with Pokemon Snap quicker, at least from the way that I'm sort of feeling out the length of this game. Because uh, I have to imagine it's, like, I've been playing for eight hours. I don't think I'm, and like, even close to halfway. So I'm imagining this is 30 to 40 hours. Uh, whereas Pokemon Snap, eh, it's probably 10 to 15, I, if I had to imagine, if I had to guess. Uh, but I also don't know. <laughs> Watch that game be like a roguelite. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so um, I would probably, if you were trying to like get one done to start the other, I would go with Pokemon Snap first. But in terms of like, here's a game that I think you are going to like, I would probably say Returnal because of the combat stuff that you've talked about. And then, I will say that as you get towards like as you're having a really good run, you start to be like, OK, do I want to take that risk to get that reward? There are like it's very clear about which rooms are going to be progressing you further and which are going to be optional. And so you get I got to a certain point where I'm just like, I'm not doing these optional rooms because I want to be able to get through to kill this boss. But and I guess the next question comes because with all the, the preview and this conversation with you, it, it, it mm-hmm. makes me both more interested, but also a little bit hesitant to to get this game yeah um i if you remember our game of the year uh discussion hades was not on my top 10 no it was not and i would I believe say you said aggressively it was not aggressively on like not on my top 10 list not because it's a bad game because that's not a me type of game mm-hmm. and when i'm looking at this one can you compare this game to hades and how similar are they? And if I was not super hot on Hades, will I not be super hot on this game? What didn't you like about Hades specifically? Um, the the thing I did not like about Hades. The thing. Let me start with the things I loved about Hades. I think the okay, combat. Yeah, do that. The combat itself was fun. I enjoyed playing it. Um, 
the uh, story, I like how they told that story. So like when I died, I was like every time crossing my fingers, hoping more of the story would be told to me and I get to know more of these characters and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the things that I didn't like about it, um, I when I died and then I had to start again, like these runs would take me like a half hour yeah. plus to beat um, to get there. And it was just one of those things when at a certain point, I'm like, I, is, is, I, I just didn't enjoy that at a certain mm-hmm. point. And I didn't feel like I was making enough progress within the world to really get that impact. Like, I was growing as a character. My skills were getting better. I was getting upgrades. But the world itself, it was the same thing. And those same yeah. bosses. And the same. And the same. And the same. And that really kind of after playing it, and I played the game almost twenty hours, so it's not like I, it's not like I didn't play the game, right? Right. Um, but like at a certain point, I'm just like I don't feel like persevering. <laughs> I know what you mean. Um, then this is that. This this has a lot of that. Uh, as you go, you meet new enemy types, and let me tell you this, Justin: any enemy that can fly in this game can, from Peter Hunspatek, get fucked. Uh, <laughs> like. Just not fun to fight. I mean, they're it's they're not unfun to fight. It's just like they are doing their job of being a challenging enemy uh, in a challenging game. But yeah, it, if you didn't like repeating stuff, then I would not maybe recommend this. But you get to a certain point with that first biome. Like I'm at this point where pretty much I need to enter four to five rooms to be in the second biome. Because you have to fight the first boss to get a key into a portal. And then once you have the key to the portal, you're good. And that's permanent progression. You don't have to go back and, like, explore that first area again. Um, But the problem is, okay, now the run has gone from immediately being in the area that I want to explore to, like, okay, well, now I have to do a little bit of exploring. And then I go to this next place. And then sometimes I'm killed immediately. So i got to restart, do two to three to four to five more minutes of (laughs) stuff that I've already done. Um does that kind of make sense? No, it, it does. Uh, is it is it anything like Metroid, like a Metroidvania? Yeah, so there are, like, rooms and, and places that you just straight up can't access. Uh, there is a katana lightsaber that you get that... I'm listening. ...opens up that, like, you find these, like, paths that are, like, blocked by vines and stuff, and you're like... I don't know how to destroy this. And then like other tutorials had sort of like alluded to like melee. And I'm like, I've pushed all the buttons. There's no melee weapon. There's no button to like, you know, hit, hit something or punch or whatever. Uh, you find a lightsaber and that takes care of that. Um, it's, it's of the, of the genres and like games that I think you could compare it to like the Metroidvania, I think is the smallest one, but those elements definitely exist. I I I still think I am going I'm leaning towards picking this game up pretty strongly. Like I would say with with the positive reception of the previews, like my head is like Yeah. The DualSense controller by the way. This is okay. So I thought Astro's Playroom all the stuff they did with the DualSense I was like, "Cool, I'm on board." And then I played every other game on the PS5 and like Boo. no one fucking touched that. <laughs> no one touched it. And I was like, "Oh, so maybe this isn't that cool." Uh Returnal is about to slam dunk every other video game controller into the into the ocean oh that's uh, awesome into the trash can i mean whatever like you're walking out you're walking and there's like rain and you can feel the rain on your controller and uh you know when some of your abilities have recharged because of the speaker and the controller and 
the, there are the oh my gosh the, the triggers change up the firing mode. So if you pull it halfway, you just aim down your sights and you're shooting. And if you pull it full way, you use your alternate fire mode. And do you feel? Added, do you feel like the, the click? That's so oh, awesome. Yeah. Uh, you are gonna love the controller stuff. That said, playing it for five hours straight, like I did today, uh, <laughs> my hands are very tired, and I'm gonna wake up tomorrow being a little sore. But it's also because I'm like gripping the controller because I'm like invested and I'm and I'm like there. And I think it adds a lot to that immersion. But and the my final question. Yeah. Uh, Housemark is not known for AAA games. They are not mm-hmm. known for your full price. They're, they're known more for like the, you know, $20, $30, $40 game, right? Yeah. Is this game a $70 game to you? Yes. Why so? Uh, I saw on, I was looking some stuff up about this game and people were talking about it on Reddit saying like, yo, it's $70. Like how long is it going to be? And people in the comments are like, well, it's a roguelike. So like, you know, three to four but hopefully with like a lot of repetitive gameplay uh this is a full i like i said before i think this is gonna be 30 to 40 hours of game um i could be eating my shoe because i might like sit down to play it and like finish it my next sitting because i don't know (laughs) what if but um (laughs) but i I have to imagine like the presentations there the story is there like the story hasn't even begun really unwinding unwinding excuse me but i'm like in i'm interested in sort of what's going on and discovering what actually is happening because it may not be at least i'm starting to believe that it may not be everything that it is on the surface uh the presentation's there it looks great it's it feels great the whole the whole nine yards this is a triple a game i i'm i'm riveted and maybe even sold once say will i pre-order it probably not but i will probably buy it so i can play it at 11 o'clock on thursday because i'm a freak like that but I'm very it's, excited it's for that. That sounds great. I'm I'm yeah. looking forward to it. Very moody. Did you like? Uh, have you ever seen like Alien, like the Ridley Scott Alien? Mm-hmm. It's very like clearly takes a lot of inspiration from that, like aesthetically and, and all that. It's sweet. Very good. Next gen baby, we're here. Oh yeah, uh, greatness awaits. That it does. Speaking, Speaking of, of greatness and awaiting. Whoa! <laughs> Let's talk about Nier. Let's talk about Nier Replicant. Oh, my goodness. Nier Replicant. Okay, so... <clears throat> yeah. So you've uh, obviously played way more of this than I have. I did. And you were, you were saying, like, I played it for five hours, like, insinuating that that was a lot. Oh, boy. <laughs> I, I, played it, I played it for two. That's, that's about where I'm at. Let's just say uh, this game came out um, Thursday at 11 o'clock at night. Yep. And um, by uh, Sunday at 6 o'clock at night, I put in the 22 hours I played this game. That's awesome. I know, right? That was that kind of <laughs> yeah. weekend I had. Um, and part to to be honest, like I don't, I it's not. I didn't play it obsessively just because um, it's the best game ever. I played it that much because part of it's like I want to beat this game before this weekend because I know there's Pokemon Snap and Returnal coming out. I th- this is we are to the point where there's so much coming out that yeah. if you don't stay on top of your shit, you're not playing at all. I, Justin, I don't know when I'm going to play this game. Right. problem Because I, I want to make it a priority because I just finished Nier Automata. I'm really excited for this, but I've got to do Returnal. Might do Pokemon Snap. That might be the mm. kind of game that, like, I clean up with. You know what I mean? Like, afterwards. Um, but the Can you rent it out of Resident Blockbuster? Evil. Is that still a thing? That's- Did you see this thing? I, I don't know if this is real or not. I actually didn't do any background check on this at all. I just took it at face value. Thanks, the internet. <laughs> uh, am I a bad 
Internet no, goer? no, no, no. You're just <laughs> like, you. You are just you're 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 hopeful in humanity. That which is fine. That's a that's a good. I way guess of living. so. I went to school to be like critical of online media. I think I'm good. I can t- I can tell <laughs> when things know. are fake. Uh, this may or may not be fake, but it's actually now that I'm saying it, I think it's probably fake. Oh no. Um, it was like a receptacle that you could attach to your switch to print out. Uh, this pictures. is 100 real. It's re- that's real. Yeah, they have a Pokemon uh, oh themed my one you can get too. That's that's what I'm talking. So yeah. it's like for that I might buy that. Uh, I think that would be have cute you to print heard out like of a Walgreens photo. <laughs> well, but like I, you know, I print out little, little um, what are those called? Pokeballs. Polaroids, po- little Polaroids of like all my all my sweet little memories of Animal Crossing with Elena. Like I think that might be sweet. Oh, I mean, yeah, I guess if it did would work for other things. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah, and then like, or like, if I totally just destroy her and smash, like, here is a picture of your loss. I would love to see your score of Mario World 3D. Oh my <laughs> gosh! Yes, <laughs> exactly. I just, I think that that's actually like something I didn't know I wanted, but I'm very into. But to your point, there is so much coming out. I totally get why you're trying to marathon this. I am excited to play more of this because in the two hours that I played, I was like, oh, this is good. Oh, this is good. Yeah, I, I I'm a big fan of it. Um, I have I never never ever cared about Near or Drakengard or any of this series, and in fact, uh, until Near Automata, not right when it came out. This was like the year like the year after it came out. Um, and I I played it and I got through probably I played it like four hours and I stopped. And then yeah. I came back and I replayed that four hours again. I was like, I don't know what's going on. And then I got through it and I kept going. And then I just fell in love with it. Like something clicked in my head. Um, and I think actually the thing, <laughs> the thing that clicked in my head was how to hold the controller while playing this game. Because oh, yeah, like a spider. Like, yeah, so, like I, I literally have to hold it with my ring fingers on the um, L2 and R2 button and then my index fingers on the R1 and R2 button. So I'm like, like multiple. And then that made me think, am I... Am I playing other games wrong too? Because after playing this game for so long, I went back to play Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and I like played like that, and I was like, "Is it? It's not that bad. Is actually. better? Kind of yeah. works." <laughs> it makes me think that like the people who made it—I I don't know who is in charge of like button mapping and game development—but like it makes me think that the people who made it like don't play games. Like, <laughs> well, you, you use all the buttons, right? Just hold down the buttons. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. Um, I, clearly they do, but. Uh, I, I agree. Near Automata, I played up on your recommendation, and I think there should be a sign, like a message at the beginning of the game saying, just trust us, keep playing. Yep. Because I had a very similar thing where I was like, four hours, I was like, yeah, I don't get this. Like, it's fun, I guess, but like, I don't know if this is for me. And then upon playing it and playing it and playing it. It's like, oh, this is maybe one of the best games I've played yeah, in a really yeah. long time. And, like, wow. and I think it was like a twofold thing for me. Once I understood the combat system a little bit better, I liked it. And then once the story really hit, then I loved it. Like, yeah. just amazing stuff that 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 you really like start to like question the world around you and like what it means to be alive, which I know that sounds like a, like cliche, but like any game that you're playing makes you really think about those questions are it, like to have those existential debates in your head, I, I I I still think about that game, and I like when you were when you uh were were playing it because then I'm like reviewing the lore in my head and being like ah, and upon completion, 
um, I was, of course, looking at all the lore videos, and that's where I found out that there was this whole Drakengard series, and then there was yeah. another game, near Replicant and near Got Gat Gat Gestalt. Gestalt. Uh, that came out, and I was like, oh, there's more. I wonder if I should play it. I never did. Um, yeah. And then they came out with this game, and I was like, oh, more of that? Sure. I'll play it. It's so weird coming so hot off of near Automata to play this game. Uh, I picked up on a detail immediately that I was like, that's very interesting. I'm curious if that means anything. Um, so as you may remember from near Automata, Devil and Papala are like tertiary characters that sort of have a role in it, but apparently all the stuff that happens with them is far more connected to near replicant. However, I have no idea if this is going to tie in at all. The library that uh, I think Papala studies in and works in, um, that is the library you visit as A2 at the end of near Automata. So like yeah. immediately I walked in, I was like, Oh, that's, interesting and the rooms that you go in where Papala is and there's like another side room like that's where there's all this stuff so i'm gonna be curious how it ties in more directly with near automata um because i love the hell out of that game yeah yeah and i think anytime you get more context with this kind of story the better it is like mm -hmm, just the more mm -hmm. you find out about the world and these characters and things like that and um to speak specifically about near replicant just off the bat this is I don't want to say unquestionably a PlayStation 3 game, but there are definitely PlayStation 3-ass elements of it. This is unquestionably a game from 2010. Yeah, right? <laughs> like, 100%. It's like, smash all these boxes to get health potions. They're like, holy shit. Yeah. I'm like, whoa. And, and I think, actually, like, as much as Nier Automata is a great game to me, I think that also was a little bit dated, it felt. Like, just the kind of game it was to mm -hmm. begin with. And then, sure. it, then it opens up a little bit. So this game, uh, Near Replicant, uh, feels a little bit old. Um, and uh, this is a PS4 game, by the way. Or, Correct. Uh, or on, Xbox on the PS5. One game. And I'm playing it on PS5, but um, I, I'm already spoiled by load times. And like the fact that the load times are like five seconds Waiting. is like way yeah. too long for me, which only is only problematic for the for the future of this the the load the no load time uh, console generation. But there's definitely dated aspects of it. But um, on its core, this is a game in which you are trying to find the cure to your sister uh, who has some kind of disease that you're not really sure what it is, but it's probably going to kill her. So you're trying to solve, like, find out. And you and your sister are orphans, and you've been kind of picked up by this town, and you basically walk around and do all these side quests for them. And the funny thing about that is that's, like, your shtick, is you just go around and help people randomly. So when you pick <laughs> up a random side quest, like, I need a couple flowers. It's like, yeah, sure. Yeah, I'll do that. Um and so the beginning of the game, it starts a pretty standard like slasher game uh, where uh, you have your heavy attack and your martial arts attack, which is your triangle button, which are like the heavier attacks. Um, but then once you uh, go to the village, you basically are introduced to this like shrine area where you get a magical book that mm -hmm. has all of these magical spells in it that you slowly but surely start to unlock more and more spells. Uh, and this the, the, the book acts a lot like the little bot does in um, Nier Automata. Yeah, your pods. Yeah, the, the pods, yeah, yeah. Um, so you can have, uh, basically, your, your 
shoulder buttons, your four shoulder buttons can be mapped to either spells or your physical arts, which are dodge and defend. So basically, if you're playing this game, uh, you have at any point dodge, defend, and two magic spells on at once with your triggers that you have to kind of go back and forth. But if you really wanted to, you could just have four magical spells on your triggers and just like completely wreck, yeah, yeah, completely do that. Um, and uh, the the combat itself is is pretty straightforward, pretty standard. It's nothing too crazy to start, um, but uh, there comes a turning point. There's a a second half of the story, so to speak, um, mm-hmm. where you get access to more types of weapons. So you probably have not gotten to this point yet. Nope. So you get two-handed weapons, which are like the heavy swords, the two-handed sword. Uh, sure. You get spears, which are like quick and like you thrust, and then you have the one-handed weapon that you can kind of switch between. And that really opens up your combo systems. Um, and the different weapons have different effects, which are kind of minimal, but they also have this this system of upgrades, um, which are words. So each weapon yes. and each physical art has the ability to have two different words you put on it. Um, and throughout the game, you keep getting stronger and stronger words. So at the beginning, one of the words might do something like increase your attack power to two by 2%. Later on in the game, you get a word that increases your attack power by 10% and then 20% and then 25%. And so you keep like upgrading these words the whole time. So they're essentially like random drops that you get that upgrade your character. But you're going around in this third-person action thing. You are picking up quests. You are uh, fighting enemies. Um, and you have these epic anime ass fight scenes in which you do this this amazing stuff when you shoot these massive arms out of your book your magical book and you like rip bosses in half you pull their limbs off you throw them off ledges and it just get you get like super hyped and as the game progresses and as the story progresses like by the end i just felt like i was a freaking super saiyan like just destroying stuff with my little book and stuff um but I think one of the things that this game does really well is a cast of characters that you have around you. Mm-hmm. Um, you immediately fall in love with your uh, book. What is the name of the book? It's like... Uh, Grimoire Vice. Yeah, Gr- Grimoire Vice. Um, and he is this like stuffy... Uh, he's a talking book, magical book, first of all. But he's this like stuffy like British character who's like <laughs> yeah. judging everything you do. And he has this like crazy commentary on what you're doing. And he's the one who kind of brings stuff up like, oh, you're taking another quest from this person. You'll just help anyone, won't you? And your character is like that like typical anime protagonist who's like, yeah, I just got to help everyone anyway. I can't. Oh, you're so silly, but let's do it. And like you have that back and forth with them. And then you start to pick up other companion characters. Have you gotten any of the other companions yet? No. Okay, so the first one is a character called uh, Kanye... Kanye? Kanye? I met met her, and then she told me to fuck off. Yeah, yeah, I call her Kanye. Um, And then there's (laughs) another one... um, (laughs) <laughs> See, this is where my naming convention goes off. I think it's uh, it's er, em, em, uh, Emer, em, Emeril. Er, Are you talking about Emil? Emil, yeah, but I call him Emeril. So I'm just this guy hanging out with a talking book and Emeril Lagasse and uh, Kanye West, and we're just having sure. a good time. Um but like you have this these companions with you in a way that they always are like commenting on each other each other and like helping them out and really one of the 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 core things about this game is like friendship <laughs> like yeah. and i know i'm laughing like that but like you're really together as a group doing these like kind of world ending events and doing these world ending fights and from a very surface level uh, i think the game on itself stands alone on that first playthrough and that's right okay. i said on that first playthrough it oh. is one of those multiple playthrough games, just like Nier Automata. 
So before I get into any of the meta stuff, what are your thoughts? <laughs> I think it's fun. I like how you swing the sword around and you hit him hard. <laughs> um, no, I so I have met Grimoire Vice and I met Kanye. 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 You can call her Kanye um, West. It's okay. She doesn't mind. Yeah. So I met Kanye West and talk about a character you don't want your girlfriend to see, huh? Uh, oh boy like let me tell you one of the things I'm hoping gets resolved is why the heck she is wearing lingerie and not just any lingerie lingerie that literally like if she bends just, over the right way you will see a, a like there's it, it, it's not it's hardly clothes it, it's, it's like it's, why wear anything at all right 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 uh, and I I mean I don't love that personally <laughs> like I thought that because it, it's it's interesting like comparing it to near automata where you have this character like to be wearing this revealing outfit that is sort of never addressed but the game sort of addresses it and being like oh you thought this was this kind of game but it's actually not you thought it was you know some horny anime game but it's actually not that it's actually something much much deeper at the end of the day you still have her in that outfit and to me whether or not near replicant ever like addresses that i don't I don't know if it's necessarily it, it justified. Doesn't, it doesn't make it better. The, the, right. The reason I'm hoping they address it um, is the the vice will constantly, like, once she's your companion, talk about, like, is that why you're wearing that underwear? And he'll, like, comment on what she's wearing and, like, kind of, like, be like, why are you doing this? Sure, so, so hope, it might come back. I hope there's a payoff, but I don't think so. Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, I... I love playing these JRPGs. I love I love this stuff, but there is this this sexualization that is just not not accessible and really kind of uncomfy. And I joke about body pillows all the time, right? But like at a certain well, point that's not why I'm playing this game. Right? Correct. That's not what I'm uh, I'm here for. And when literally they do the same thing that they did in Mass Effect 2 with Miranda when they have certain shots oh that are my like gosh. uncomfortably yes, like I- on her butt and that's the thing it's it's sort of like juxtaposed with all of these other games that are getting remasters and remakes from years similar to 2000 uh, near replicant was 2010 right Mm -hmm. like that's when it was coming from yeah like you know mass effect changed some of that like gratuitous butt angles and you'd think that maybe near replicant might do that too but like they do not um it's At least a, to be to fair, it's like pretty there. much a shot for shot correct, redo correct. of everything with just better graphics and resolution. Yeah. That said, it I think brings up this interesting debate that is not a conversation for today, but the debate about around like, well, should they have changed it? Yes or no, you know, like is it a remat what the difference between a remaster and a remake and, and all that sort of things. Um so I don't uh, I think you look at it and you say, okay, from when this came out, yes, this was clearly something that happened and continues to happen still, but like, maybe you should think about it differently. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I, I mean, this could be a whole conversation point because right, you right. look at, you look at like final fantasy seven, like it's that kind of stuff is still in that game. Yeah. And for sure, that is a beautiful. That's not only just a remaster; that is a reimagining, like a reimagining yeah. uh, of it. And they still sexualize these characters in a way that can be very uncomfortable. And you know, I, I, I know this is a thing in a lot of 
Japanese video games and a lot of video games in general. Um, it just doesn't make a very uh, 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 family friend friendly uh, kind of game to play. And it makes you question why. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. Like, as you said, it's a conversation, I think, for a, a different podcast <laughs> episode. I mean, I, I would I would be actually interested in talking about it on this show. Not that this oh, yeah, the kind yeah, of conversation no, yeah, we could yeah, have yeah, on the definitely. show. But um, it, it makes it like. This is, I think, the kind of game because Nier Automata was the kind of game that uh, Elena was interested in. But because of this character, I'm kind of like, I don't know if you would. I, I think this would be too much for you to even look past to enjoy this. And like for me, it's also sort of like this is quite a barrier of entry for me <laughs> for no other reason of just like, why is this character like this? And there might be some sort of justification for it. But at the end of the day, it's still that way. Does that sort of do you sort of see what I mean? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like um, and I I think the thing that makes me even like question it more is that the characters are commenting on it around her. Correct. Correct. Because when you first meet her, uh, who's the main character? Oh, it's you. You put in your name. Uh, I think think the canon name is Nier. Yeah. I was curious because Nier Automata made you put a name in for your save file. And then it did some interesting stuff by using your own name. Um, But so I thought that was going to be the same thing. I put my dog's name in. So it's Archie's Village. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. But, but you, say, you say, like, why is she in her underwear? And then it's just never brought up again. And I was sort of thinking, like, is that all they're going to say about this? <laughs> like, uh, no. It, well, if the more but, they say about it, they just are making a comment on it, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. So, um, but other than that, sorry, not, not to completely derail us from talking about the actual game to talk about that. Um, well, you can't I, I'm not. Liking it. Like, I, right. I, I'm shocked, like, in all the marketing, they must have, have actively avoided her lower half. Uh, when the first footage came out for this game, uh, so, okay, I think we saw a trailer for it at the Game Awards, um, and then, like, that's when, like, it was announced, but then the first trailer for it, she's straight up in it, and I remember watching that and being like, is that what this is? Like, hold on. (laughs) No, certainly not. So, yeah, I'm surprised that there has not been sort of any sort of... Uh, how do you even say it? Well, not censorship. Editing. I'm, I'm surprised that there either has not been any A, editing, or B, like, public discussion about it. In, in the same way that with Miranda from Mass Effect, there was that sort of discourse about it. Maybe not the best discourse, because it was just people being like, I only play the, this is Ass Effect for me. Um, <laughs> so, um, the, the, other than this just being a uh j r jrpg action game the yeah. genre of this hack and slash what would you say hack and slash yeah it's like a hack and slash there's rpg elements in it to a point you're leveling up you have different things but it's it's really more of a hack and slash kind of action game mm-hmm. um the i just calling it that is such only the surface yeah <laughs> So uh, this might not be a. Uh, I, I I'm I'm gonna try to avoid spoilers and kind of talk in generalities here. Okay. There's a section of the game where there's this town that is uh, infected by this curse that causes them to be stuck in a dreamlike state. Hmm. So you head to this town, and you talk to the mayor of the town who's asleep, but he's talking to you. And then as you're talking to him, the lower third of the screen where the 
dialogue, it's like black, yeah. slowly starts to get higher and higher. Oh. And then as it's getting higher, the dialogue goes from being a conversation back and forth to suddenly you have like it written like a book. Archie scratched mm. his head. Well, what do you mean? And he he will say, what do you mean? But yeah, yeah, Archie yeah. scratches head is like written there. And then it slowly gets more and more like a book. And then you're reading it like a book and the thing gets higher and higher until all of a sudden the voices go away. You just see text. And you, for basically like a 15-minute segment of the game, you're doing this visual, not even, you're reading a freaking book. <laughs> <laughs> That's and, cool. Um, you have to make some decisions in that. Uh, one of them is like a riddle you have to answer. The other one is like you're in a castle and only based on the words you have to navigate this castle and escape mm. the castle. Um, another one is you have to, uh, I guess it's kind of like a riddle. It's like a like a mind teaser kind of thing that you have to try to find the right answer to. And for like 30 minutes of this game, I'm not sitting there hacking and slashing. I'm doing, I'm doing essentially a visual novel. Interesting. And it was so cool. And I was like, damn. And then there's other parts in the game where um, you have like kind of like a play on that action adventure thing uh, where sometimes, it, and they did this in Nier Automata too, they, they will force perspective to like a side-scrolling thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you'll have some of those bullet hell-like elements when you're trying to avoid these big like things and everything. Uh, sometimes you'll have a top-down like on-rails cart section that you're going through that you're spinning around shooting things with it. Mm -hmm. uh, and they constantly are changing up the gameplay in this really unique way that you just never know what's going to happen next. Is there a boss fight in this place? Or is there this, this, uh, this uh, I guess, uh, type of, of stra this, this strange group of people who live off these rules that instead of having to like fight something, you have to find a way to get in their culture without breaking any of their rules? And there's constantly all these little like mm. changes and things that are happening in there. So you're constantly engaged with this story and meeting this uh, these people and learning what it's like to be in this world. Um, and you still have that like backdrop of like trying to save your sister throughout this whole thing, which right. really kind of pushes the action forward. And then you get to the end and you get a satisfying conclusion to the game. I think way more satisfying than the first time I beat Nier Automata that first playthrough. <laughs> Where you go, okay. Yeah, uh, I guess it's over. <laughs> Um, but then just like Nier Automata, you, you finish the game and then it's like you, you got ending a, and then you go back to the select screen and there's the, your, your select screen there. And it's like a, like an ending a selected, you go yeah. back to that one and you start a new game plus. Now, the good thing is that the new game plus does not take you to the very beginning of the game. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Thank gotcha. goodness. Only to the second half of the game. Okay, And then you start playing it again, and it's pretty much the same thing, except this new time when you start it off, they basically give you another 20-minute, not a choose-your-own-adventure, this is like legitimately no way around it, you're reading a book hmm. <laughs> about the story of Kanye, or Kaine. Kaine? I'm yeah. going to keep calling her Kanye West, because that's how that's I read fine. it every time. She, she is Kanye West. By the way, she's also wearing that outfit, and she swears like a sailor. And it's like the weirdest <laughs> juxtaposition of yeah. two things you've ever seen in your life. Um, but you get this like 20 minute book that you have to read that you find out about her backstory a little bit. 
and you get all this context about where she came from and all this other stuff that's not told into the regular story. And then you're plopped back into this boss battle in the middle of the game <laughs> as the other character. Hmm. And as you keep playing the game, certain things start to change. There might be you go to a loading screen, and instead of it just loading, you get uh, some. You get the boss talking, the boss you're about to beat, talking to another character, setting up like who this this formerly shade boss was that never talked. Mm-hmm. You get to find out who they are, you, and you keep learning more and more about them. So by the time you get to that character, that boss fight, all of a sudden the context changes. The reason why this enemy is attacking you is suddenly clear. And then your reasons start to be like, why am I attacking this thing? Mm-hmm. And it starts to do that same meta thing that you get in um, that you get in uh, Nier Automata a little bit. Uh, but there's just enough new information that makes you want to keep playing it. And I know if you're listening to this, you're like, well, I beat the game once. I put my 15, 16 hours into it. Why would I want to play this game again? Can I just watch the video of what the different endings are on um, YouTube? And unfortunately, no. And I'm sure you could get the, the general gist of it by watching them on YouTube, but there's so much extra dialogue and stuff that happens as you're just running around the world that starts to add to the overall story. There's a, a, a character that's possessed by something that, in the first playthrough, you never hear a thing from this character. But all of a sudden, the second playthrough, this possessed character starts talking hmm. to that other character. And you're like, ah, that's creepy, the, man. You know uh, the creative director of this game, yeah? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, Yako, uh, oh gosh, Yako, Yoko Taro is his name. Yeah. Uh, and so he was also, I think, either the director or the creative director on Nier Automata as well. And so, like, everything you're saying falls basically entirely in line with his stuff. I'm not, I was not familiar with who he was until I played Nier Automata. And I was like, I need to play everything this man's ever made. (laughs) (laughs) And so now I'm excited about this. And also apparently, uh, his next game is like, it's like in a playable state. So they are, apparently people are, it is already like coming well along because obviously this is not like created from whole cloth. Like this is a remake or, you know, a remaster, whatever you want to call it. So I'm excited to see where, it is taken even further from here because everything you're saying is like, I'm sold. I am into that in a major, major way. Um, and the way that it was done in near automata too is like super dope. So I'm going to be curious what, where it goes from here. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and I think just getting the context about what's happening, um, makes context, not only in, in the game itself, a new replicant makes the game better upon more playthroughs, but it adds to my understanding of what happened in Nier Automata. Yeah. You know, and basically this is, not only was it made before Nier Automata, it's a prequel. This happens in like the year 3000 something. Nier Automata yes. happens year nine, like way, it's it's way, 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 way down the road there. Um, and uh, the, it's just such an interesting like realistic situation. And I don't know if you got to the point yet, whenever the load screen happens, 90% of the time you get a diary entry from Mm -hmm. your sister. Yeah. But every once in a while, 10% of the time you get these like disturbing messages about stuff that happened in 2008 about like what was happening at the end of the world. 
and or mm. what what happened like before the current time of this and they like talk about test subjects and they talk about like things and like airstrikes and stuff and they never really mention this stuff in the actual game but it's only told to you through these like loading screen stuff and the fact that they do that because the first time you read it you're like the heck is it you were talking about it was my birthday but your sister's <laughs> like oh I can't wait to celebrate your birthday and then all of a sudden you're like and then they all died I didn't know there was blood everywhere but it's okay I'll be ready the next time. And you're like, oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> one of the few times you wish your load screen was longer, right? Um, yeah. So they just do such interesting stuff. And I, you know, if you are into, you know, these kind of like third person action, some RPG element kind of games, play it. It's good on that level alone. But if you like someone taking the medium of what a video game can do and really like pushing those limits and not just playing a game in which you're just hitting a the whole time but you're really thinking they're changing up what you're doing they're making gameplay uh mechanics actually part of the story it like even killing enemies by my i'm almost done with my second playthrough um and apparently i have at least three more um but you know you're just killing enemies and you're like i don't know if i want to kill this guy but i got mm-hmm. to it's part of the game yeah and the fact that you say that it's just it just really so interesting what they do here um, I would say it is a little bit dulled after having played Nier Automata because there's sure. some very similar aspects about the two. Um, yeah. but to me, that's a good thing. <laughs> like I yeah, like that well, game so more of yeah, it. And, and I think being able to say like, oh, I can see sort of how this influenced this and like this directly led to this, I think is, uh, quite cool for me personally. So Justin near replicant version 1.22 better or worse than the medium uh better i i'm enjoying it way more um if the medium had multiple playthroughs of it i don't think i would have liked it as much if i had to do multiple playthroughs of it you know what i mean like like it was like a time and a place thing um but this one it's just it just I, i like it a lot it's um uh, it's the story is great. The gameplay is fine. I would say if I'm going to get a complaint about this, uh, the the actual hack and slash stuff is just serviceable. If yeah. it's not perfect, um, but I I like it. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. not bad. Um, well, that's the thing. It's like if it's fine, but like the rest of the game is great, then you're yeah, you're good. Yeah. You're you're there. Um, dang. Well, I am excited to get deeper into it whenever I have the opportunity. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it is it is something that I have been looking forward to since I finished Near Automata because, wow, what a game. And this, from everything you've said, seems to continue that sort of interesting way of, of game making, which is something I'm deeply into. Well, you know what else I'm deeply into, Justin? Thanking our listeners for <laughs> listening to our podcast. <laughs> Thanks for not letting me answer that. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw some gears turning in your head, and I was like, I'm gonna actually, I'm gonna take it back. I threw, I threw it, I passed it to you, and I immediately asked for it back. Um, so thank you for uh, not saying the thing that went in your head. You're welcome. But so it's thank fine. you, thank you so much for listening to our show. We truly do appreciate uh, everyone who who listens to us. And if you have any thoughts about near replicant. Um, or if you are, have any thoughts about Returnal, it won't be out by the time this episode goes live. But, you know, you might play it earlier. Have, have some thoughts about it. You can let us know on Twitter at HitboxPod or you can send us an email at HitboxOfficialPodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Spotify, on iTunes. You can leave a review there. And it would be so cool, very meaningful to us if you would share this show with a friend if you feel so inclined. 
Justin, do you have anything else to add here before we wrap it up? Yeah, so when this comes out, you have until probably about 9 o'clock at night, maybe 8 o'clock because I want to make sure it downloads. You have until 8 o'clock at night to try to persuade me not to purchase Returnal and get Pokemon Snap. If you can make if you can make that argument, I'm, I'm listening. For right now, Returnal is going to be downloaded. You know what I mean? Pokemon you got until 8 o'clock. In Pokemon Snap, you throw the apple at the Pikachu. And also the drugs at the animal to make it mad. And also the drugs at the animal to make it <laughs> mad. You throw the drugs at the Rhydon to make him mad. <laughs> anyway, uh, always remember, old games are old. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Right, bye. <laughs>